Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. from Oklahoma. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 6, 2018. Today we're reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 83 on the third paragraph that says, there may be some wrongs we can never fix something like what does that say anyway first paragraph we're going to be commenting on that first paragraph only today's readers are 12 steps Lori w 12 traditions and marie m readers mary b mara z and deborah e the reference numbers for thursday yesterday july 5th 2018 for the 7 a.m eastern time 11624 11624 in the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11626, 11626, the OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lori W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. This is Lori W. in Atlanta, Georgia, um, reading the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service for my fellow um, siblings today, and I pass. Well, thank you so much, Lori W. And next up, I will ask Anne-Marie M. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Thanks, Kelly. Can you hear me okay? I can, thanks. Okay, this is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an AA group, an OA group, ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Those problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers should, re- should our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues; hence, the OA name never ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Anne-Marie. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're resuming our study of the big book on page 83. We're on the third paragraph. It says, there may be some wrongs we can uh, never fully write. And we're just going to be commenting on that one paragraph only today. So I'm going to ask Mary B. to get us off and start reading. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you very much for your service. 
This is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater in Central California. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them. If we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scrapping. As God's people, we stand on our feet We don't crawl before anyone. Well, this is a very appropriate paragraph for me this morning. I just returned from my second trip to Florida in a month when my uh, niece passed away suddenly on Memorial Day. And I uh, went to Florida just for a few days to be with my sister. And then I just returned from her memorial service. And in thinking about my niece, I um, I realized all of the time over the years that I allowed the 3,000 miles between us to be 3,000 miles between us. I never doubted from the times that I did see and communicate with my niece, that she loved me. But I wondered if she realized how much I loved her. I don't know. And I knew when I came home, I have a letter to write. And I will write that letter. Um, This situation actually helped me to help a perfect stranger on my first trip to Florida when I was waiting for a shuttle with a a woman who was going to her grandson's graduation. And she shared with me that she was feeling so bad because she was missing work. And some employee had quit suddenly and she felt so bad that she was leaving her boss. And I told her about my trip and about how I would love to be going to see my niece. And I think that helped her to change her attitude. We never know when some of the things that we have experienced will be helpful to others. I've made many amends over the years, and I've shared about them many times. Today, What I have learned from working these steps, and particularly that dreaded ninth step, is that when I meditate in the morning, I ask God to help me live today in such a way that when I do my daily review that night, I will not have any amends to make to live well this day so that I don't have those regrets. I have learned, however, to make immediate amends because it always comes up, but not the way it did. And I'm hoping not to, thank you, dear, not to repeat 
the mistake that I made with my niece, who, by the way, I could hear saying, oh, Aunt Mary, knock it off. And I have that opportunity not to repeat that mistake. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share. I pass. Thank you, Mary B. Appreciate that. So who would like to share on the paragraph that was just read? Madam. Katie G. from Amy. Boston. Amy Mary, Maryland. Mary Kay. Okay, so far I have Matt, M, Katie G, Amy, I didn't get your last initial, Larry K, Amy G, I got that. Okay, who else? Julie R. Julie R. Morrissey. Marzi. Well, how about we'll just stop Nessa. there? That seems like... Nessa R. Nessa. Okay. Nessa R. What, what, gotcha, Nessa. How about we'll stop there? So everybody, please remute your phone by pressing star one. And here's our lineup for this morning. Matt M., Katie G., Amy G., um, Larry K., Julie R., Mara Z., and Nessa R. And we will start with Matt M. followed by Katie G. You're up, Matt. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt Hems of Pulse Over Here. Excuse the noise. It's just my air conditioning, if you can hear it. Um, yeah, there are many wrongs we cannot write. I had a lot of people in my life, a lot of passed away, my mother, my uncle, uh, my grandmother. And I have some people I lost touch with that I don't know where they are in the world. So I carry a lot of guilt and I carry a lot of shame. And this is what the 12-step work help has helped me to deal with. I'm newly absent, and thank you, God, for a week since last week. And um, I'm starting to get a little clarity now that I have some days under my belt, and I realize that this is going to be a process. It takes time, you know. Uh, there is always a way to there is always a way to make amends for, for people, even if they're gone from this earth, because the amends is not for them; it's for me to to set my wrongs right, to to clean my side of the street. It's about you know having a clean life. It's about having the life that I know I was always meant to lead doesn't mean that things are still not going to happen. I'm an imperfect human being. I'm still going to make mistakes. But I have to clean up the wreckage of my past in order to move forward with a new life and a new future. So I'm learning that, you know, um, it takes time because I am a very impatient person. I want everything now. It's part of the addiction, too. I want everything now. I want it yesterday. I don't want to wait for it. I want, I want to be fit now. I want to be recovered now. I want to be a sponsor now. I want to be all these things now. And that's not the way it works, you know. It's a, it's a rigorous process, and I have to go through it. You know, you have to go through the fire. So I'm learning that just for today, you know, patience is a virtue. I really have to learn how to work with that, and I'm taking it one day at a time. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M., for your share. And next up, Katie G., followed by Amy G. Good morning, Katie. Hello, Kelly. Good morning. Good morning, my friends. Katie G., Recovered Anorexic and Bulimic. In Boston, yeah, I mean, the only people that, um, well, there are a few people I haven't been able to make amends to and those who have been deceased, right? So I've written letters. But those who are far away, um, I've made the contact and I've gone to them. Um, I've been taught to go to people no matter what. Um, In other instances, I've called people um, and then called them again a week later. And if they don't return my call a week later, I do find another way to make that amend. So there's always... There's always an opportunity, and I'm not responsible for what the outcome, right? Like I'm, I'm supposed to sit there and be willing. But I love this last line. We should be sensible, 
tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. We don't crawl on anyone's feet. Like, you know, it's not that I'm a doormat. It's not that I'm not a doormat. You know, that that's not what the issue here. This isn't that I have low self-esteem because selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem. And even if I think I'm the biggest piece of you know what in the world, I am all I think about. So that is the problem. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, when I go to make something right with someone, I don't say, oh, and then I'm the worst wife in the world. Because how would that make me feel, right? Like, for me, if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, I am the sickest person. And I just no, I'm supposed to be humble. And what people have taught me, what you guys are teaching me in this program is real humility means seeing myself as I really am. I'm a daughter of God, right? And I'm not the worst person in the world, but you know what? I'm not the best person in the world. And you know what? I lose my temper and I, and I react harshly and I make mistakes. So I go to someone and I say, dearest husband, I was wrong. You know, when I, um, when I spoke with you in that way, I was indignant, I was rude, I was unkind, and I was inconsiderate. And this behavior has nothing to do with you. And no matter what you could have done, there's nothing you could have done or not done to change that, right? And if that sounds really rehearsed, I, you know, I take the time to practice and not be rehearsed, but I do have specific scripts in my head so that I'm not messing this up. So I'm really honestly talking as a woman, as, as the woman that God wants me to be, right? I'm not supposed to point out other people's faults, but as the woman God wants me to be. And just a little statement about technology. I've been taught not to make amends via technology. I've been taught not to communicate via technology. I'm crazy enough in my head, right? So when I, I interpret things and, and, and other things via text message, I've been taught to suit up, show up, look you in the eye, and be a woman of God. And that is, that's the woman that, that's the message that God wants me to carry. So I'm going to keep showing up, God willing, one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder with all of you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up, Amy G, followed by Larry K. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Kelly. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you for your service. So remember, we just read in the last paragraph that the spiritual life is a theory. We have to live it. So, you know, here's this list. I'm plugging away with my sponsor. And I, too, am going to focus on this last sentence about being sensible, tactful, considerate. I mean, how many times did I wail and cry and say, I am so sorry, I'll never do it again, I can't believe I did it. You know, sensible means like we have hold of our senses. And when I pray to God and I work with my sponsor and I'm, I'm practicing this spiritual life by taking action and doing this, I am planning out what it is I'm going to say in a calm, tactful, and unemotional manner. I'm not going to use the word you. And I'm going to say it's on my side of the street. I'm going to keep it short and sweet with a few facts and a few details, and then I am done without emotion, and then I ask them, is there anything else? Because that's what we do when we make an amends, or at least that's the way I was taught, is to be able to not get into the emotion about it, but to get into the facts about it. 
And I was always taught, if you can go to the person, go to the person. If you can't go to the person, you call the person. I mean, you just work on down the list. And as others have said, if someone is deceased, there's any plethora of ideas by just talking to the fellowship about other ways that we can make amends for those that are deceased. But this is the this is the way we live it, and this is where we make those amends and we go out there, and that's part of our work in these 12 steps. And it's so exciting because then look what's coming down the pipe, folks, the, the promises. And that is so exciting. So you all have a great Friday, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Amy G. Next up, Larry K., followed by Julie R. Hey, Larry. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for your service. You set my timer here. Okay, so, um, you know, it says, yes, there may be some wrongs that we can never fully right. I'll share with you one of mine. Uh, some years ago, before I, I even had knowledge of, of Overeaters Anonymous, um, I had a, a pretty heavy heart as I was driving one early Sunday morning to a, a hospital in Rockford, Illinois. And see, none of my training prepared me for dealing with the aftermath. Now, don't get me wrong, I received lots of training on screening for the signs and all the stuff, you know, but, but not the aftermath. And I had seen, I had only seen this 18-year-old young man maybe a handful of times in therapy. And, and frankly, just, you know, despite having the best of intentions to help, and I had, some, you know, some pretty good training over the years, the fact was I was, I was usually high on food. And I binged my way from one session to another day after day, regardless of what my intentions were. And was I emotionally detached? I was. Was I able to really compartmentalize my ability to feel? Yes. And was I focused mostly on therapeutic techniques? Yep. Much less so on on the, the profound human ability to connect and serve others through compassion. See, I was a different guy. And when this young man's mother met me at the hospital entrance and she escorted me into his room in intensive care, see, he was already gone and he was being kept alive by life support merely, you know, to allow a few friends and family to see him before they allowed him to pass physically. See, suicide is harsh and the way he took his life was very telling. And I, you know, I wonder about that and see, I can never fully write whatever wrongs I had done. Now, I'm not here to suggest that, that I was responsible for, for him taking his life. That, that would be disingenuous of me. Yet, it was, it's only by the grace of God and these steps that I was able to see where I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. See, the only true amend is an exercise in being different than we once were. I'm not the same man that I was. And if I'm still aligned only with myself, I remain unchanged. And if the, you know, if the internal landscape is the same for us, I don't care how pretty the scenery appears to be, see, nothing's changed. I think I would bring something different to that young man today. I know I would by the grace of God. See, the amend that I can make. It's not a living amend as if that absolves me from what I could have done. He would have met a different human being today. I don't know what the outcome would be. Only God knows. But I would bring something different today. The way I make amends to him is to be, and I'm wrapping up, is to be of service to others in a way that I never could be before. 
with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you for your uh, share, Larry Kay. Next up, Julie R., followed by Marzi. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks. This is Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater in California. You know, the first, the whole paragraph tells me exactly what I need to do. You know, there could be some wrongs that I can't fully write. If I've honestly went through the process like it's supposed to be, meaning that I've already committed to go to any length to get recovered. Um, and as long as I don't create any harms, I can't shrink at anything. Because, you know, it, half measures, we already know what that means. It doesn't get me anything. So I have to be ready to go to jail, to get screamed and yelled at, to be, um, who knows what's going to happen. So I can't shrink at anything. So if there's some wrongs that I cannot fully write, then I do the next best thing. Um, so for me, there was a, a couple of things where I had, um, yeah, I don't know why I do this, but I travel a lot. I'd always take towels. I mean, it's just, I don't know why. And so it's like, okay, I stayed at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hotels. So what I do is I now bring stuff, my own towels, but I all of the little travel things, and then I buy stuff. I have packages in my car I give to homeless people. Because, you know, I, I do go to the hotel, and I have said that. You know what? I've taken a towel the last time I've stayed there. And they laugh, but I had to say it. And, and I know that seems small in the grand scheme of things, but it's a dishonesty. It's something that I did. And it's like if it's a, a financial one, um, luckily I, I didn't ha- I didn't have to worry about that. But I had somebody who's close to me that her sponsor said, okay, you need to start making your financial amends. But she was getting her nails done and getting pedicures done. And her sponsor said, well, if you could afford $50 a week for that, um, I think it's time that you give that up. I mean, we are here to make our amends. We are here to clean up our stuff. And I cannot shrink at anything. I have done some horrific things in my life, and going to the people was not easy. And I was told also face-to-face, if you've got to get on a plane, get on a plane. We don't do it via text. We don't do it via email. We're, last resort, we do it by phone if we cannot get a hold of the person and we leave them if they don't want to talk to us or whatever. So I am so glad that I am current with all amends because that will drive me back to the food, you know, and we don't say we're sorry. You know, my sponsor said, never say sorry. I said that all my life. I say regret because sorry was just an empty threat for me. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. Next up, Mara Z, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Mara. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Mara Z recovered in Virginia, starting my timer. There may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And I've shared before about an amends that I owed my sister who had passed. Um, An apology was given when I was confronted about it. And it was about three weeks, as it turned out, before she was killed in a car accident. And um, I wasn't in program. She was. She was clean and sober three years. And I carried that with me for years because 
because being in program, I judged my apology that I made um, to her um, before I was in program. So in other words, it wasn't good enough. Um, I didn't, I didn't lie, you know, prostrate on the ground. I didn't do my mea culpas. You know, I, I hadn't been punished, um, for what I had done to her. She did what she had to do, had to do to take care of her program. And she forgave me. That forgiveness was pretty much ignored for years. Because I thought, because my ego is so big, that I didn't, I wasn't punished for what I had done. You know, I didn't uh, pay my debt to society, as it were. So, you know, it, it wasn't good enough. And I carried that with me. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I truly realized the value of her forgiving me. When after two years of no communication with my other two sisters, they contacted me wanting to get back together, but with the caveat of we do not discuss, we do not adjust what has happened in the past. So I've been wrestling with, well, I have amends to make, true, sincere amends, contrite amends to make to them. And because they do not want to you know, adjust or review the past, in order to not cause harm, I will not be making amends. But before I got to the point where I could make those amends, I had to forgive, and that was very difficult for me to do. It wasn't until I remembered that she had forgiven me, and if she could forgive me for what I had done to her, who was I to withhold forgiveness of what my other sisters had done to me? So this program is just an amazing gift from God, from my higher power, and I'm blessed every day that I walk in it with you all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marzi. And next up is Nessa R. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Vision Kingdom. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, wrongs that uh, we can never fully right. Um, I had quite a few of those. And in the beginning of my recovery, the way I addressed them was to make donations to appropriate charities depending on the person and the harm that I had done. But as I grew in recovery, as I grew in effectiveness, effectiveness and understanding, I realized that, you know, this, this is a process of, of, of ego deflation. I'm, I'm here in this world to make my ego smaller so I can make room for God instead of making my ego better, bigger. And um, I, had to, I had to make, um, sometimes I, I don't knock making donations as, as, an, as a man, but sometimes it can be a cop-out in that it allows me to save space, it allows me to not feel pain. And so um, I started making amends that were um, a lot more meaningful. So uh, for me and in general, um, in terms of, of, of the recovery process. So for, for an uncle who had passed away, for whom I felt I should have advocated when I um, had the chance and I didn't, 
um, I started just instead of making a donation, in addition to making a donation in his, in his memory, um, I started doing things to observe um, and honor his memory, like physical things, you know, doing things for, things for people in his name. Um, and also recently I remembered a bullying incident that I was a part of. I was a very young child and I wasn't a bully, but I was a, an innocent bystander a gleeful uh, participant uh, or observer. And um, I think that I was old enough that I should have known that this was wrong and that I could have uh, um, done something to stop it, prevent it, or something, and I didn't. So um, in addition to making a donation to, like, anti-bullying um, charities, you know, I am going to uh, do something in my daughter's school to... Um, you know, educate the kids about um, about bullying, and that's a lot more meaningful. It takes a lot more effort, a lot more thought, and I guess a lot more um, involvement on my side than 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 only making a donation. Um, and that not only benefits me, but it also benefits others as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Okay, so if you're just joining us, or if you don't remember, which is usually my situation, where we're at today, um, we are on, let's see, we're on page 83, third paragraph, there may be some wrongs we can never fully right. Who wants to share on that paragraph? Ross M. Ross M. Sage S. What was your name? Sage S. Sage Michael S. Michael S. Leah S. Leah S. Sharon N. Sharon M. And y'all are making my job easy this morning. Anybody else? Janice. Okay, well, let's. Okay, Janice. No, no, perfect, Janice. Thank you. All right, well, let's uh, stop there. And if you guys will re-mute your phones, star one. And our lineup, Russ M., Sage S., Michael S., Leah S., Karen M., Janice P. M., and we'll start with Russ M., followed by Sage S. Good morning, Russ. Morning, Kelly. Morning, fellas. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So there'll be wrongs that will never may never fully right. Um, you know, we're all hitting that. Um, I think of my dad. Got rested slowly, passed about ten years ago. Uh, over my lifetime, I kind of beat up my father. You know, financially, emotionally, I, I was just I was that only child that just that was relentless. You know. And um, going through my, uh, you know, my fifth, the fourth step, I realized how much I hurt my dad financially over the years. And even before I was in program, you know, my intention was always to get them paid, always to help my parents, always to make up for what I did wrong. You know, but the disease kind of got me. And, you know, I, I failed, failed miserably at it. And before you know it, he was passed. And as I've been working the program, you know, it's not that you forget to do your amends, but that one, you know, I, I, I just didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it. And then finally, um, about six months ago, 
I went up to to the um, the graveyard. What do you call it? The cemetery, right? The cemetery. And I stood right in front of his his uh, um, grave, and I just spilled it all. And I, I put, you know, I regretted what I did, and I, you know, we're talking to a dead body, but his spirit was there. And um, and I prayed, and I asked God to help me. How can I repair this? Why, you know, why he's gone? And it's funny because there's situations that have come up. Because, you know, I have some part in it, not all of it, but there's a part of me because of the financial issue that I have to help my mother. And it's just, it's funny how even as hard as this financial issue is, God has given me an opportunity to make amends to my dad and my mom, for that matter. So there's a beauty in it if you if you stay in there and have have a they just keep asking God to give you give you the insight. It took a while, but my you know my pride was there. You know I I, I didn't in the end I didn't want to my I didn't want to be like my father. You know, but I am I I'm like him and I gotta accept it. And he was a pretty beautiful guy. I don't know if I could get as good as him, but I'm gonna try through the program. So you know, it's just there there's ways of doing it. You know don't don't lose hope, but they have to be done. Or my ego will take over, and it may not be food; it might be something else. So I'll never be at peace. We'll never be at peace if we don't complete this program. So, and keep working at it, keep refining it, keep chiseling away at that ego, because you know it's there waiting for us to slip up. So, thanks for letting me share. You guys have a beautiful day. Thank you so much, Russ and Sage S, followed by Michael S. Good morning, Sage. Good morning. Hi, this is Sage S. from Arizona. Um, Wow. Um, I have three amends to people that are deceased that I need to make, and I have three amends that would be inappropriate for me to make um, to people who are still living because um, they would do more harm than good to those people. Um, So... I would need to write letters to those six people. Um, My sponsor is currently on vacation and has been since the, well, since mid-June, and so my step work is currently on hold, and I eagerly await her return. And I'm nowhere near the ninth step, but I am eager to get rid of my impediments to God, and restitution is one of them. So I'm waiting to make my amends. I've been thinking over this process because I like to get ahead of myself. I'm a bit of an overachiever. And I've been thinking of what I want to put in these letters. I haven't written them yet, obviously. That's not my job to do yet. Uh, That's work that I need to do with my sponsor. But someone shared something yesterday that has stuck with me. Um, They said, are my actions going to lead me towards God or towards the food. And I know making these amends, writing these letters will lead me towards God. And I want all of my actions to lead me towards God and away from the food today. Nothing should lead me towards the food. These letters will be very personal and they need to be written with humility. As the book said, I don't want to crawl and grovel towards these people. 
in my letters. I don't want it to be focused on me. Obviously, I don't want it to be focused on you statements, but they just need to be written from a place of humility and honesty and straight to the point, but with enough emotion and compassion that they are sincere. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Okay, is this Michael? Yes. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Michael. You're up. Thank you. I thank you for your service. Um, I remember many, many years ago when I first came into 12 Step, I had issues. You know, my father died when I was a teenager. Anyway, I moved away in the 80s from Queens, Rockwood Beach, to State. And uh, when I came, before I retired, I, I, I moved back to where I was brought up. And I used to say to my friends, where are you going? I, I would say I'm going to my mom's grave. And after a while, my friend said to me, well, where's your father buried? And I said, oh, crap. Jeez. My father died 50 years ago with my mother. And I realized that you know, the ten men's and it's like almost like fake news. My memory is a little strange. I think something happened here. It might have happened there. But what I do know is that my original sponsor told me to go to, was just at my, my father's grave because I had issues with him and he was dry alcoholic and he was emotionally unavailable, which I became just like him. I wrote a letter, and I read it to him at the grave, because I couldn't make amends, nor could he. And now when I go, I go pretty regularly, and it's, it's strange, because I beautiful cemetery. I bring my books, I bring a chair, and if the sun is out, you know, I do my Tai Chi or whatever, and some people will laugh at me, but some of my friends get it, and I've felt a lot of changes in the last six months, really difficult. And I really didn't want to leave the house. It was really quite insane. Anyway, I... Uh, would go to my parents' grave, and I would talk to them and say, well, you know, I know your body, you know, your spirit's with high power, but I need help. And real and memorex, it just, it made it different. And, and, and actually, even with my God box and casting and making amends, things happen almost verbatim to what I ask God, God's will, not mine. Everything was my will. This is what I want. And I actually got it one time, and man, it wasn't the best thing for me. So one day at a time, I'm learning that uh, if I, I'm willing to make amends. And I, sometimes my memory is like fake news. I think something happened. I look at pictures, and I, I remember I was 30, and my friend gave me a 30th birthday party, and I wasn't very happy because he was gay and out, and I, I was not out. And he was very flamboyant, and I'm definitely not flamboyant. And I was really pissed, and I was really didn't know how to express myself. And I um, looked at the picture and saying, "Well, that's my mother's apartment, but that she didn't move there until you know the 80s or almost 90. How did I? How could the picture be there?" So anyway, I'm just really grateful that I'm doing well, and I have uh, a meeting to go that understands the big book and archives. And thank you for allowing me to share. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Michael S. for your share. And next up is Leah S., followed by Karen M. Good morning, Leah. Thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Leah S., and very grateful. What I want to share is that the process of making amends was very emotional for me. 
And um, I think the whole program is very emotional because once I become authentic and I become, I want to be honest with you as much as I want to be honest with the rest of the people that are close to me and family. So um, forgiving is is a very uh, hard thing. But I had to look into the situation and make it as simple and as doable for me that was possible. And the other person did not change and is not going to change. It is I that want to get rid of this resentment. It is I that want to live freely, that I am not harming anyone anymore. That is what I had to come to the conclusion of. And once I came to that conclusion, I had to really, with this prayer, set aside everything that I think I know, everything that I, I do know, everything that appears to know, and just focus on what I had done. And that is what I want to repair. And with that, it was so much easier to do that. But, it, it, you know, you don't get to step nine before you don't go through all these steps. And have those in mind as well. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Next up, Karen M., followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Karen. Hi, this is Karen. Um and I am a compulsive overeater in recovery and grateful this morning. Um, I'm thinking about, um, I'm, I'm burying my beloved aunt tomorrow, and I've had so many thoughts, you know, So, and I've thought about all the memories and everything, but I've also thought about the things I regret and the things I never made amends for. And... Most of it was aggressive behavior, you know, getting my way, uh, things like that, or being mean, you know. And I think about, you know, I just can't forget resentment is my number one offender. And I just can't be walking around hating on people. That's just not my role. And um, so I... uh, as I navigate through my relationships, and specifically my family relationships, um, you know, I've got to keep things clean, and I keep, I'm very aware of that, and um, there's so much going on in my family right now. You know, my aunt just passed, but also my mom is now in a nursing home, and my sister's power of attorney, and she's... Um got a major eating disorder and she's untreated and um and um you know I, when I'm dealing with her I, I just I have so much stuff come up emotionally and I act out so again we just clean the street I just clean the street uh, my part and uh, again you know we might you know, restart and I love her I just want to help her. I have to. I have to worry about my own program and stay in my own lane, you know. And um, 
and I can't, uh, you know, she's power of attorney. And so I've just kind of relinquished and surrendered the whole thing. Like, I don't even want to hear about what's going on, uh, you know, because uh, it just makes me crazy. But, uh, I, I, there's been times when I met someone and then God gives me an opportunity to I, I meet someone else and I can make that amends with this new because person. Because you have, because... When you get in your world, you're what? in it. Okay. What? And and you what? love to. In- okay. Um, well, anyway, that's all I have. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your share, Karen. I'm not sure what that was all about. That was weird. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, so everybody, please make sure your phones are muted. Star one. Um, heard somebody else talking. And then Janice PM, you are up. Well, thank you so much, and thank you so much for your service. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't know if my phone was doing something weird. But anyway, okay, yes. Um, you know, I've had a, a few amends to make that I thought, well, I'm going to make them, you know. Um, and uh, I thought really in my head that I should make them. But, you know, it's very, very important in my case, too, that I have to have a sponsor or bring it to a sponsor and listen to what God is telling them to tell me because I could get in a lot of trouble if I don't listen to them. For example, I had an amends to make. I said, oh, I'm going to make this amends because, you know, I was so wrong and they didn't do anything to me, but I was wrong. And my sponsor suggested, don't tell them now. Don't tell them. And the reason why I'm saying this is, and it happened in a couple of cases that I really thought that this is what I should do. I had, you know, I had, um, I was spiritually maturing and I really thought that, but, you know, somebody went before me and, you know, it's a good thing that I didn't, but, you know, I was willing at the time and I was still willing and uh, when it was time and uh, of course, when it was time, the person had died. But um, I think that the whole thing in making these amends here, too, is, and I have another example, um, is that my my attitude is really, really has to be changed. And that only can be changed by going through the first eight steps. Because if I didn't do that, I could never make amends in the first place. So the attitude change of being courteous and, and, and tactful has to come. Um, I had another example. Um, that I I did all the wrong and um, I just was so self righteous and the person wasn't on my list and because I really it was buried so much that I I really didn't believe that I I was wrong I knew uh, a little bit that I was but you know I was cocky um, it t- it came time and I said okay I kept dreaming about this particular employee that I really destroyed emotionally. And, uh, but she kept coming into my, 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 my dreams. And I said, oh, I think God's telling me something. I, I think I have to make amends. So I asked, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make the amends, but I asked for the willingness to be willing. And this is 20 years ago that I had this particular, this particular problem. To make a long story short, I uh, prayed for the willingness. It came time that I could call. Um, I found out where she lived and I called the husband and I was ready to make amends and talk to the person and, you know, ask if we could meet for lunch. And I said to the husband, 
gee, this is so-and-so, you know, is uh, Elaine there? And he said, no, Janice, she passed away six months ago. You know, trust God, trust God, trust God, because, see, I wasn't supposed to. I did something so hurtful that perhaps she couldn't take it. I just want to tell you that I'm free today. Thank you. I don't dream of her anymore. And uh, it's a wonderful thing of the timing, too. And uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janice PM. We have time for one more share. Who would like to share? Dorita P. Well, go on, Dorita. It's your turn. Thank you. Thank you. And I pressed star one the first time, and I was uh, still muted for some reason. And um, I said, well, maybe it's not meant. And then there was still space, and I pressed star one again, and here I am. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, and thank you so much for your service. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to say I uh, shared yesterday, and I shared about um, sending a text message with uh, an amends, and um, I'm just so grateful. I got up at 7.02 today. Yesterday, I got up at 6.40. Today, I got up at 7.02, and I'm just grateful that I that I got on the line because, I, you know, you know sometimes the disease uh, tell me that, okay, it's 7.02, so it's too late. You know, so, but today I told the disease, you know, yeah, right, it's 702, it's not It's not too late. So I'm just really grateful to be listening. And so yesterday I shared that I sent a text message, like I said, to uh, make an amends. And, um, you know, after listening to today, um, I'm thinking that, you know, I don't know, maybe that wasn't a good idea, but going forward, you know, maybe not to send a text message, but I know uh, one lady shared about traveling, getting on the plane. Well, right now I don't have the means to travel, but um, I'm just grateful. And and I'm grateful that, you know, none of us have done it perfectly or know how to do everything perfectly. And I'm just grateful that one day at a time I could keep learning so I could get better and better at it and hurt less and less people. So I'm just really grateful for this program and this process because it's, it's definitely needed. I can't uh, get around it. I can't, I can't not do it. So I'm just really grateful. And I just want to encourage any new person that, you know, just keep coming back, keep coming back. And uh, you'll learn. You'll learn what to do. And you'll learn to, um, and you'll become freer and freer. You know, Leah M. always say, uh, says, um, um how free do you want to be? And today I want to be really, really free. So just thank you. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you so much, Dorita P., for your share. Um, just want to say grateful and a reminder, these steps are in order for a reason. And I'm grateful I, my sponsor took me through them in order. And it works. It really does. It really does. So. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for yesterday, Friday, oh wait, that's today. For yesterday, Thursday, July 5th, is 11628. 11628. Wait a minute. Okay, you guys, that's today. 
I did write that down right. <laughs> so for today, when you want to listen to this again, 11628, 11628, sorry. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Is it well, the Mara same B, phone number, the 11628? Is it the same phone number as this? No, it's the recorded number. It's on the oh. website. Okay. Okay, so... We, Yes, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, sorry, with Mara Z, A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only. Hey, Mara. Mara, press star one. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hi, Kelly. Sorry about that. Fingers were not working as quickly as I would want them to. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 